Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. If you notice, if you don't mind, Will, with me, go with me to Psalms 143 and 11, which reads as follows. Revive me, O Lord. Why? For your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. Evidently, David's soul has gotten into trouble. And he's asking the Lord to bring him out. Again, those the first part of that text. Revive me, O Lord. Revive me, O Lord. Based on that, I want to talk to you from the topic of I need a revival. I need a revival. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for the word of God. We pray that we'll receive knowledge and understanding of your word. Father, not only receive knowledge and understanding, help us to apply what we are learning in our everyday life. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Now, Father, we thank you for adding to us today what we need in order to live by, in order to walk by, order to talk by, order to think by. If, Father, we continue to bind the enemy right now that would try to hinder or stop what the Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of his, your his sheep. And, Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a situation and you made a earnest or a serious, sincere appeal, which, in other words, a urgent request for help. 
Whatever you've been dealing with cause you stress, cause you anxiety, cause you frustration. There was a lot of pressure on you to the point that you became serious about your request. Your mindset could have been whatever I need to do to change this situation and to get some relief, to get some support, to get some help. I will do it. In other words, you won't change. And you got to the point that you could have even felt desperate. Change the situation or change the outcome or change you. Whatever it is, you won't change. Whatever will bring relief to get you out of this particular predicament. Think about the example when some of us were in school and when I was in school, uh, 59 was failing, 60 was passing. Today, I think 69 is, is failing. Is that right? And then 70 is passing. Ooh, I'm glad I went back in that day. <laughs> Could have been close call on a few occasions there. Hallelujah. But then again, there was the other side. These, these other, these smart folks, they were upset because they had an 89 and they wanted a 90. Now, some of us saw 89 would have been. One point can make a difference in the outcome. You went to the teacher or professor and you made a earnest appeal to attempt to get that one extra point. You said, I do whatever it takes. I, I, I actually come back to school and study if you want me to. You know, back then I wasn't going back to school. I like let it fall where it may. But. Now we've changed. Now we got, got, a, I'm earnestly appealing my situation because I could be that person that the edge about to fall off. Or I could be on academic probation if I'm not careful. Or I could be on the end between, uh, 89 and 90 and I might be close to being a honor student instead of just a regular everyday student. Thank God for those honor students. Whatever the situation is, you may a earnest appeal. At times, you may come to God in what we perceive as trouble. Trouble in our eyes is not trouble in God's eyes. Y'all know that, right? We say trouble, but God just looks at it as another day situation. Trouble can be defined as adversity, affliction, anguish, distress, tribulation, and such like. But the dilemma may not be intense enough to change us. Rather, we want the situation to change. You know the people that want everything else to change except them? Y'all may not know that, but let me say this to you. Some people want relief rather than change. Some people want relief. They don't want change. But I've learned this, though. As you mature in Christ, you're not looking at everything else to change. You're looking at how you can change. Immaturity says, I want everybody else to change. I don't want to change. Boom. Mic drop. Hey, we got plenty more for that. Uh, the Lord gave us here. Now, we really want to get serious as David was in the text. We will approach God as he did in Psalms 143 and verse 10. Notice, if you will, Psalms 143 and verse 10, which reads as follows. Teach me to do your will. 
for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Teach simply means to instruct or to train. To instruct or to train. But notice what David has asked the Lord to do. Instruct, teach me to do, to accomplish, to produce, or to work your will. Not my will, but your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Notice the level of humility that comes with the first word in this particular text. When you're going through, you don't mind God teaching you or instructing you or training you. See, at times we can be so busy trying to flee situations, we might need to ask God to teach us, instruct us, and train us so that his will can be done. And so we don't find ourselves back in that situation again. See, teach, teach, teaching and training is like this. I would not be the same person that deals with this situation the same way. I will not be the same person that deals with this situation the same way. When I want to be trained, when I want to be taught, I'm going to deal with situations, but I'm not going to deal with them the same way that I did before. Let me give you some examples here. Financial trouble. My mindset, my natural mindset is more money would fix my financial predicament. Notice that my approach, more money. I don't want to change my spending habits. I don't want to change the way that I handle money. I just want more money. I ain't changed nothing. I still got bad habits. I still go to the store without our without grocery list. I still spend money and don't even think about it. Oh, I like it. I'm finna get it. And I get it. I don't want to change none of that. I just need more money so I can. Well, you know, just do the same thing I was doing. Because <laughs> I'm not changing my habits. I just want to, I want more money to fix the problem. See, you know, more money and a little understanding on how to budget, invest, save, and most importantly, bring God as tithes and offerings would only create a bigger problem. At times, I will be more, excuse me, I can have more, and I'll spend more time on spending more. <laughs> I want to learn how to have more, give more, spend less. Teach me to do your will, Jesus. What am I saying here? Same problem, but I'm approaching it a different way. I'm approaching it with a different mindset. I'm approaching it, Lord, teach me, train me how to handle finances. And y'all seeing the difference there? Now, you can, you can approach it one way or another. The question is, do you want God to teach you, to train you, or do you want to do it on your own understanding? Another situation could be this. In my personal thinking, I'm going to call the doctor when I got trouble in my body. That's going to fix the problem. Give me a pill. I can fix it right there. I don't want to, I don't want to change none of my eating habits. I don't want to change my resting pattern. I don't want to change. See, at times, more pills can mean more side effects. It can fix one area, but cause problems in other areas. See, chemo will, chemo may fix one area, kill cancer cells, but it may also damage other areas. 
Blood pressure pills, maybe they can lower blood pressure, but it could be putting you at risk to cough, diarrhea, constipation, headaches, nervousness, nausea, and so forth. You can fix one area, but create, create other situations. That's why it's so important to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You, I mean, you've got to depend on the Holy Spirit. But the whole, what the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to teach us. He's going to instruct us. He's going to train us. At times, we have to be humble enough to declare that, God, I want you to instruct me. I need you to teach me. This is causing a problem in my life. I don't want to approach this problem the same way that I did before. Are y'all seeing that? Because you, you're going to approach it one way or another. Because some problems or some situation, remember now, God don't have any troubles. He does not have one. God is not sweating over finances, health and body, nothing like that. He, he knows everything. With every problem you got, he knows the answer to it. So now we got to get with him who has the answers so we can approach our situations differently than what we did before. Let me give you one more. This, this, my, my job, my business, whatever it is. If I want to get better at it, I can't approach it the same way that I did before. I've got to ask God to help me to approach it the way he wants me to do. Because variables change constantly on your job or your business. And you need God to help you to deal with the different variables that come in your line of work or your business, whatever the case may be. You need God's help. Everybody see what I'm saying right here? We need God's help. We need God's help. Now, as he, when God begins to instruct us and train us, it's going to require us to change. A believer will find, will find that God's instruction and training is God providing us a way out. <laughs> See, God's training, God's teaching, God's way of doing things provides a way out. A way out. A way out of trouble. <laughs> That's why David goes on to say here in Psalms, Oh, let me read this before I go to the other part here. Sometimes we get immediate release, but sometimes we go through a process. And let me say this to you. I cannot guarantee what you're going to deal with, what God's going to do to get you out. I just know he's going to get you out. Now, he may get you out immediately, or he may take his time to get you out. Any way you look at it, he's going to get you out sooner or later. I like sooner, but you know how God is. I'm going to be honest with you. I like sooner. Get me out of financial trouble. Heal my body. Deliver me. But you know how God do. Hmm. Okay, I got you. I'll also say this for later, later, but let me share this with you. I'm going to come back to it. Let me share something with you real quickly. Trouble has a way of teaching us lessons that we need to learn from. Don't waste trouble, the lessons you learn in trouble. Don't waste the lessons you learn in trouble. We'll come back to that statement, but you need to hear that now so we can grab a hold of it a little more as we go into it. Now, David, excuse me, Psalms 1, 4, 3, and 10. He says, teach me to do your will. I like the fact that he says, I want to accomplish I want to produce, I want to work your will. 
Your will is that what pleases you, that your desire, for you are my God. See, David had asked God to instruct him and train him in a matter that will cause him to produce and accomplish his good will, his desires, and that which pleases him. David makes it personal, the same first clause and states, for you are my God. See, when you're in a relationship, you don't mind waiting on God as long as it's a good relationship. You don't mind. A bad relationship? Well, any bad relationship don't have as much patience in it. Y'all think about it for a moment. Bad relationship? I'm going to wait for you two minutes. 30 seconds later, you're gone. Because it's a bad relationship. But a good relationship? Oh, they late. You still going to wait on them. i give you a natural example. This is, this is real to me right here. My real, real. When I used to have to wait for my children to get out of practice, the average Joe would have been left up there at this place. <laughs> they told me 7 o'clock. Here it is, 7.30. They're still in the field. I'm sitting in the car. Got stuff to do. Boiling. <laughs> You can see the steam coming out the car. What's sad is I can't get mad at my son. Because <laughs> it ain't his fault. They still left up there. If they told me 7.30, I came at 7.30. But I come, he start coming a little bit later. I mean, one time, I, they told me, uh, Dad, we'll get out at but come at 7.30. I came at 7.30, got at 6.45. Now, what kept me waiting in that parking lot, brother? <laughs> a good relationship. Because if I didn't like that person, <laughs> some of y'all are, I see two or three of y'all going, <laughs> a good relationship. So when God says wait on him, because we got a good relationship with him, we just don't wait. We wait with joy. Because we got a good relationship with God. Hallelujah. So now, goes on to say it in, um, for you are my God. Why, why are you so good, God? Your spirit is good. Your spirit is good. See, your spirit is valuable to me. Your spirit is, is rich to me. Remember, rich is productive in every area of our lives. It's excellent to me. I'm happy because of your spirit. I prosper because of your spirit. Your spirit is beneficial to me. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Guide me and bring me into the land of uprightness. See, David petitioned the Lord by declaring that he is my God and brags on how good his spirit is. See, God, your spirit is valuable to me. God, your spirit is, is rich to me. It, it calls me to be productive in every aspect of my life. My relationships, my home, my finances, and so forth. Your spirit is excellent. It calls me to be better. I'm happy because of your spirit. I prosper because of your spirit. I am, it's beneficial to me to have your spirit in my life. 
And you have to know this even when times are challenging. And when things are good, man, God is good all the time. And all the time is God is good. But when you challenge, can you say that? When things are not going the way you want them to, can you say that? Listen, when the money of the funny, can you say, oh, God is still good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You got to be able to say that in good times as well as challenging times. And David says, lead and guide me in the land of the uprightness. Uprightness is a level land, a level land. When we're dealing with trials, troubles, heartaches, disappointments, frustrations, uncertainties, dips and turns and so forth, it is good to know that our God can bring us to a level land of his uprightness. Now, let me kind of give you just uh, I could go into all kinds of things about this, but very simply put, he brings you to the level of his word. He brings you to the level where you're thinking, you're talking and you're acting more like him. And sometimes we got to admit we we can get so caught up in the trouble that we don't think and talk and act like we should. And so we need God to bring us to uprightness or to a level playing place where we're thinking like God wants us to think. Oh, I like that, God, because I need you to bring my mind up, God, because my mind can get based on what I'm dealing with. It can get to a place it shouldn't be in. I need you to bring me up, God. Then he goes on in Psalms 143 and verse 11. We'll read to you and we'll go back and talk about it a little bit. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. Revive me, quicken me, God. Sustain me, God. Cause me to live prosperously from sickness. In other words, cause me to be well. Take me from discouragement. In other words, give me the courage that I need, God. Take me from faintness, in other words, cause me to be alert, Father. Take me from death, God, cause me to live life. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteous sake, bring my soul out of trouble. David asked the Lord to revive him, quicken him, and sustain him. But also notice his humility, for your name's sake. And I look at this and I'm saying, David, you wouldn't have to say this unless you've gotten yourself in a position where you need to come out. He was not in the position where he was upright like he talked about in his previous scripture. So we're saying, Lord, revive me. Revive me for your purpose, your intent. I don't want my will, but I want your will to be done. Revive shows uh, shows others your reputation, your fame, your glory, your authority, your character. When Jesus got out of that grave, it showed people who he was. He wasn't a weak God. They thought one thing about it, but when they saw him hanging, they saw him die, they knew he was buried, but when he got back up again, this one no, this, this ain't who we thought it was. This ain't no ordinary man that we're dealing with here. This is somebody special. And when God gets you out, revive me, O oh Lord. Revive me. You are the one true and, and living God. 
Lord, revive me for your purpose. Revive me for your character. Revive me for your glory. You are the all-existing one. See, reviving me allows others to see the righteousness, the justification, the salvation, the truthfulness, the righteous acts, the righteous cause. Revive me, not for my will, but for your will to be done. Why would God revive you to do what you want to do? Why would God want to revive you and you still want to start approaching matters the same way you approach matters? Why would God want to revive you and he can't teach you and train you and Lord help you along the way to be better than what he got your mess, got your mess into? So in other words, I, when he revived me, I want him to change me, not the way I want it done, but I want his will to be done. Even if I don't agree with it, I still want to do it his way. Oh, look how y'all looking right there. I know that might got some of y'all, but let me remind you when Jesus said, hey, not my will, but your will be done. You may not always agree with it, but God always has the better way. Remember, it's for his purpose, his way of doing things, his intent. Not our will, but your will be done, God. I want you to revive me, God. But I don't want you, listen, I don't want God to revive me to do what I want to do. Because I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm the reason I'm in the mess in the first place. I'm the reason I need revival. I, I got myself in here leaning to my own understanding. <laughs> Woo! All right, I'll get excited about this, but let me go on. Let me move on. How many of you know that when we, we got saved, others were able to see and know that we are saved for his name's sake and his righteousness' sake? Isn't that what we can say or do to perform the miracle of salvation by our lives except receive it and apply? You know, when you got saved, people still wonder. I know. I got some people now, I, I imagine when I, they, they, somebody actually told me this too, so I don't have to get too concerned. I know this is true. Uh, especially my people that I went to high school with that knew me. I know about knew me. I mean, I had a reputation in the classroom, but I had another reputation on the street. Uh, these folks knew me, and they, and two things they are amazed by. One, I'm a preacher. And they're still amazed that I am married to the same woman for over 30 years. <laughs> now, I'm not the only one in this room that people are amazed that you still say <laughs> Because why? You got teaching, you got training, and you're not approaching the same situation the same way. Are y'all seeing that? See how important teaching is? See how important training is? That's why I, I like what David said here. Lord, teach me. Huh? Teach me. Because I don't want to approach this the same way I used to. Isn't it good to know? That's why you got training on your job. They don't, they don't want you to approach it the same way that you came in there. And they say you can't be, some companies say if you can't be trained in 90 days, you, we're going to find somebody else. The whole teaching perfect school is based on that principle right there. They don't want you to approach your ABCs the same way you did in the first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and so forth. Are y'all seeing it? 
But where did they get it from? God. God is the one who came up with this, this system. You know, uh, watch this. We don't approach math the same way. I remember I started off in math and counting. Took me a minute to learn to count, but I finally got the, the, the pattern of count. After a while, you start putting numbers in front of it. You start putting additions and subtractions and stuff like that. And now, I said, why is that so important? Well, you got me, give me a 20. You get, you give me a 20, you spent $15 back. I don't need to give you $45 back. Y'all don't, y'all never been, somebody never gave you back the wrong chain before? And before you got saved, uh, <coughs> some of y'all kept it. Woo! I got blessed, y'all! Woo! <laughs> now you stole that money. <laughs> Go back and do right by that person. Because whatever you sow, y'all get the point, right? That's why man is so important. Alright, now, but that system, though, this system comes from God. So now, revive me, O oh Lord. Revive me. Now, only Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, can deliver, protect, prosper, and bring us into better. But notice, he does this for his purpose and his intent. He doesn't do it based on what we want. He does it for his purpose and his intent. That's why it compels us so we can share, so we should share the gospel with others, whether by having a conversation about the word, sharing the YouTube message, or podcast, Testing a, texting them a scripture, sharing the love of Jesus. We all do it for his name's sake. That's why the Lord is constantly teaching and training us on how to do or perform his will when it comes to bringing us out as well as helping others to get out. Witnessing to other people and sharing the gospel. And the more you do it, the more God will train you in it. The more you do it, the God will show you what to say and what not to say. The more you do it, you know, you don't become so awkward at it. You know, you oh, what do I say? I'm nervous. After all, if you're going talking to people, anywhere, as the Holy Spirit leads you. I mean, you can invite the church. Don't even bother you do it. You say, hey, come to church. Go to church with me. Why? Listen, I don't like you. Then we get mad at folks when they say, you know. You don't get mad. Why? Because you mature to the point that you learn that they're, they're missing out on something that you value. You value church. They, may, they haven't valued yet. But it still doesn't stop us from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether we hear his written and revealed word, he is teaching us. Thank God for teaching us, Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us on how we should talk, think, and act, he is teaching us. Thank God he's teaching us. And, and, and let me say this to you. Don't be upset about your, about your involvement or how you evolve when it comes to teaching. It takes time to get to certain levels. Are y'all following me? Don't get mad with it. Don't get upset with it. Just go through the process. Like if I started playing the keyboard, I mean, he had to take me to the basics first. I can't go in there playing like, because I'll be trying to. I want to do all that by lesson number two. <laughs> lesson three, man, I'm ready to do a concert. But if I don't have that kind of patience, I better stick with this right here. <laughs> Y'all follow me? And you got to know what your gifting and calling. But when it comes to ministry stuff, I, I, I learn or I do different things to kind of do better by it. If y'all follow me by that. Learning how to do better by it. 
Whatever your gifting is, whatever you're doing, you should be getting better at it. Now, let's go to Psalms 40, where Psalms 143 to 11. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul. Woo! Out of trouble. Boy, this is a deep subject right here. I wish I had time to really go into this. I need about three or four days just to do this one. But let me just give you a few things about this. First of all, let's deal with what soul is. Mind. He says, bring my mind out of trouble. Emotions. Bring. But notice, his emotions have gotten in trouble again. Notice I said again. David's emotions got in trouble more than one time. But you know, I can't get mad at David because... Um, uh, e I O O E, me I'm, let my emotions get me in trouble again. My appetites have got me in uh, in a world of trouble, and my passions have got me in a world of trouble. My activity of my mind whoo, has caused trouble in my life. What is trouble again? Adversity. Woo, God, thank God. But sometimes your mind can bring you into adversity and your emotions can bring you to afflictions and your appetites can cause distress in your life and your passions can bring tribulation in your life and the activity of your mind can bring affliction in your life. I, you, that may not happen to you, but it, it's happened to me more than once. And if I'll be honest with you, probably some, if I wouldn't care for yesterday, or this morning, or maybe before I got up to minister, my mind can go to all types of places. I mean, I may have thoughts. I may have thoughts. Thoughts that come in my mind all the time. I have to use the shield of faith, the shield of faith to stop all that stuff. But many times it's our soul that gets us in the situation and circumstances. <clears throat> and how many situations did our mind take us to, to a place that we should not have been? Why? Because our appetite was out of control. For food, carnal desires, items in the store, relationships, power, and so forth, and cause us to make purchases or get a relationship that leads us into trouble. Holy Spirit could be saying, watch this example here. I thought this example, I, I had, I prayed, none of y'all like this, but this, this example we got. Holy Spirit could be saying, go home! You on the couch? Again, late, candles going. Back in my day, it was Luther Vandross. Talking about a house that's not a home. Woo. You got comfortable now. Start laying back. He looking good, smelling like. She looking fine, looking like, woo, boom, boom. Before you know it, you compromise your testimony. No longer can you witness for God's name, save for righteousness. But I got something for you. Don't give you a definition for repent that the God uh, gave me. You got to repent when you mess up. I ain't gonna say you got it right. You'll mess up. Some of y'all messed up before. It ain't gonna be the first time I die. It'll be the last. But repent's this. Repent's this. Let those repent. Learn from this situation. Take the instruction that the Lord is giving you. So if you ever get approached with that situation again, you approach it differently. Everybody saying that? 
So this time, I'm not going to go over to the house. This time, he's not coming in. She's not coming in. This time, I'm not going to wear the short skirt. Going to show all this up in him. Because I know he's looking. Look how they're looking, God. I'll tell you right now, if you're dating somebody and they halfway, I can't say that word, God, but they feel it, they feel it some type of way. They got some stuff going on. And you start showing stuff, they flesh. Something going off in their head. And you start showing stuff, and he's trying to be, the Lord showed me something in the Bible. The Lord is. And they looking. And when they looking, they mind going to places. You just got to learn from that situation not to approach it the same way. Are y'all seeing what God is telling us today? You're not approaching it the same way. Because you approach it the same way, that's what gets us back in trouble again. You approach it the same way with the same mindset and you expect a different result. Oh, look at it. Look at God. I want us to learn from this text. I'm learning. I'm learning just like I'm telling you something. You think about this in marriage relationship. You know what set each other off? You know what set each other off. So you approach that situation. It could be something similar, but you approach it differently. You don't go in there raising. I tell you what, I tell you. No, you don't go in there with that because you know other person go over there. I tell you what, I tell you what. And both y'all in there and I tell you what, say it ain't going to be no good situation. So we approach it from a different mindset. That's what God is teaching us this morning. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to approach it from a different mindset. A different way of thinking about it. Different way of talking about it. Y'all follow me? You can't go on your job like you did other, other five jobs you had. Approach it the same way. Tell me, I tell you, they will tell me what to do up here. I tell you, slavery over. I ain't, you paying me no slave wages and walk out the door and cuss everybody out. You can't, you ain't gonna have no job. Cause every job ain't gonna pay you what you think you're worth. Gotta be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, you work for a job. Ain't nobody gonna pay you what you work. Man, I read that comment I saw the other day about made me mad. But anyway, that's another story. But you gotta approach stuff as the Holy Spirit teaches you. You'll never have a job. You'll never be in a relationship. You'll always be messing up approaching your old your old mindset. That's why he said, David said, Teach me. Instruct me. Show me what to do when I get in this situation. That's revival right now. That's, to me, that is revival. Why revive you? You still gonna do the same thing you used to do. You still gonna talk the same way you used to talk. You still gonna act the same way you used to talk. Uh, used to uh, act, and you still gonna think the same way you used to think. Revive you mean you gonna make a change? We are gonna make a change, y'all. Just my offer to change. So repent. We just add this to the definition again. I'm learning from this situation. I'm going to follow God's instructions and teachings. And I'm going to behave differently next time I'm approached with this same situation. Anybody see that? All right. Some of y'all shouldn't be in so many arguments now. Because you ain't going to be approached the same way. 
Somebody shouldn't let folks get you so mad because you're not approaching them the same way. I'm not looking for them to change. I'm looking for us to change. Everybody see that? Now, let's move a little farther here. Now, one of the, okay, Lord. David had in mind, David had in mind, I'm making an earnest appeal to make a change. An earnest appeal. The situation got to the point where he needed to make a change. He said, I need to make a change. You know, one of the subtle strategies of the enemy is to have people think that they do not need help. 2021, people think they don't need help. They say things like, I'm, I'm all right the way I am. I can get out of this on my own. I'm not in any real trouble. Then, here we go. I'm going to give you a few examples. Trouble in the marriage. Oh, we all right. We, we okay. We okay. No counseling. No change in behavior. Next thing you know, they're in divorce court. Another one, staying saved and single. Oh, yeah. I'm saved. I'm single. I'm not in any trouble. Next thing you know, they got a hard time being single and saved. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Single and saved. You can be single but not saved, but single and saved. Another one, trouble keeping my mind right. Hey, I'm all right. But never changing the way they think. And next thing you know, they're having mental problems. Another one is this. Trouble at looking at stuff on my phone. I can stop looking at it. Now, I know nobody said anything. But I'm going to let that drive home just for a moment here. Looking at stuff in the middle of the night, you ain't got no business looking at. And your phone is easy access. Teenagers, you can't be looking at that stuff on your phone. And you're smart enough to erase the browser history. You know how to do it because you're smart. Your parents will never know they come checking your phone what you've been looking at. Adults, single people, you got to watch the stuff on your phone. And one that I think is so important to us, sometimes people have trouble in their relationship with Jesus. I'm saved in my, they say, I'm saved in my heart. But no fruit or corresponding action with their salvation. That, that is a problem. Now, see, David's making an earnest appeal to the one who can bring him out of trouble. He's making an earnest appeal to the Lord. David's not looking for his deliverance from another source, which can be some of our problem. See, we can look to devices such as social media influencers. Immature relatives, unsafe co-workers, astrologists, and even ourselves sometimes to get us out of trouble. Psalms 101 talks about the counsel of the ungodly. You got to watch out for the counsel of the ungodly. And you know, every, every example I gave you pretty much is ungodly. Even though David's making what I would consider earnest appeal, it and this is what you need to understand. It does not mean God would not will get you out immediately. Even though you're making an earnest appeal, it doesn't mean that God is will get you out immediately. I, I, don't and don't be frustrated. Don't be mad. God, I need you to get me out. 
And remember, God has no trouble. He don't look at what you in as trouble. He look at it as a learning opportunity for you. Think about this. Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. Y'all remember them boys? Oh, yeah. If anybody, I thought God would have got my that fiery furnace, it would have been those three boys. But God just waited till they got in the middle of the fiery furnace. I mean, that bad boy was burning. I'm talking about burning. Burn, 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 burn. Woo, burn. It burned so much, the people that threw them in there got burned up for throwing them in there. I hate to be on guard duty that day because you'd have been gone just like that. They got thrown in the middle. Then God said, I'm going to step in here with them. God, why didn't you stop in here when we was out here somewhere? <laughs> but God said, I'm going to wait. And so you think trouble going to be bad, but trouble burned off everything that was holding them. Oh, y'all missed that, didn't you? Trouble will burn off your, listen, trouble will burn off your doubt, your unbelief, your financial trouble. You forget about other stuff because you're going through so much trouble. You worry about stuff, you're like, oh, God, this trouble's so bad, you ain't thinking about that, folks. You ain't worried about what folks think about you. You ain't worried about what your neighbors think, kin folks think. You want what God has for your life. Trouble gets you that point. You get thrown in enough fiery furnaces like Daniel, Shadrach, and the three Hebrew boys. I'm telling you, it calls you to say, hey, God, I thank you. I thank you for getting me out of this situation here. And sometimes God will get in the fire with you. I wish I'd tell you he'll get you out of it, but you know what I thought was interesting about that? The Bible doesn't really say this, but y'all already, it's in Daniel chapter 3, 16 through 23. It doesn't say how long they stayed in the fire before he showed up. It doesn't say how long that God stayed in the fire with them before they left. But we do know this, they were in the fire, three of them, and the fourth one showed up. And the, the king said, he looked like, he looked like, whoo, ha ha, see, kind of both see. But those, he didn't show up till they got into the fire. And some of you wait, wait for God to show up, but sometimes God ain't going to show up till you get into the fire. You're not going to see him till you, your debts get behind. You're not going to see him till you're fasting. You can't, can't take it no more. You're not going to see him till trouble is all around you and you're standing on God's word. You say, God, for God I live. And for God I stand. And for God I do this. And for God I do that. You're not going to see him till that happens. You're not going to see him till that happens. Let me finish this up. Some of us have brought trouble on ourselves by being guided, by not being guided by the Holy Spirit. We could not wait on the Lord, so we bought something. We rushed into something. We got into a relationship. We bought a useless item, left a good job, helped wrong people. You know the story. Not to mention the number of times the Lord brought us out and we said we would never do it again. And found ourselves doing it again. Also that time we got it right. But the next time we didn't get it right. Got did it right eight times in a row. But on the ninth time, we act like we forgot everything that God had trained and instructed us in. 
Anytime you're in trouble, remember the lessons that you should have learned. Remember this. Any lesson you end as a child of God, God does not waste trouble. He does not waste trouble. But we can waste trouble by not learning the lesson that we should apply. We should apply. Think about any example I've given you earlier. If we learn a lesson from it, the next time we approach it, we should approach it a different way. That means we learn from that particular situation. We're not going to approach that the same way. We're not going to approach that the same way. And so when we learn from that, hey, that trouble has helped you to get better. Are y'all seeing that? Now, only Holy Spirit can take trouble and work it for our good. We see that in Romans 8, 28. He says this, all things are working for our good because we love God and are called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit can turn that situation into a deposit. Hallelujah. Remember the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and add no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10 and 22. On a side note, let me say this to you before I close out. On a side note, we can miss the blessing of God by saying we are waiting on the Lord. Well, actually, God said, I got it ready for you. The guise of the Holy Spirit is so, so, so very important. When David made the earnest request to bring his soul out, he may not have gotten out immediately. But we do know the Lord has the power, the ability, the strategy, the insight, and so forth to bring his soul out. Remember what the the, uh, Hebrew boy said? Hey, even if he don't bring us out, I know he's still able. He's still got the power. He's still got the ability. Even if he don't, he still can do it. And you got to have that kind of mindset that whatever you're dealing with, listen, when you ask God to revive you, you're saying, God, whenever you bring me out, I know if you decide not to bring me out today, I know you still got the power to do it. You got the ability to do it, the strength to do it, the know-how to do it. You got, you got it, God. You got it, God. You got it, God. And the same, and, oh, thank you, Lord. And so when we approach situations, we don't approach them as someone who's frustrated, someone who's mad, someone who's disappointed. We know God got the ability to bring us out anytime he wants us to. Because he's God. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. And the same God that brought David out, brought the Hebrew boys out, that brought uh, Daniel and the lion's den out, that brought Jesus from that grave can bring you out of whatever situation that you're dealing with right now. When you ask him, to, in my opinion, with an earnest appeal, then God will revive you. And I believe, have the confidence and assurance that God will revive us and bring our soul out of trouble if we remain teachable and led by his spirit. If we remain teachable and led by his spirit. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.